We all want the answer. Everyone wants the formula. The five-step guide to writing a hit. I think we all have responsibility. And when we put our power together, amazing things happen. That's what moves the needle. That's what changes the world. When I started this, <laughs> literally no one knew who I was. That's why I named my Instagram handle at the Casey Sana fan club. Going from a fan club of one to where we are now is so amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, people of all colors, shapes, and sizes, welcome. <laughs> welcome back to episode 13 of the Pages of my diary podcast. Thank you, as always, for taking a little time out of your day to come and join us, come and hang out with us. Um, we have an absolutely amazing episode in store for you, but just quickly before we do, I figured we should get a little bit better acquainted with each other. So for those of you who aren't familiar, my name is Casey, I'm a musician, and uh, for the past year, I've been working on my latest project, The Human Experience, which is actually out in the world now. But um, ever since that first writing session in August, September 2020, um, I have been keeping, where is it? I've been keeping this. I've been keeping this diary right here. Um, like I say, all the way from that first writing session up until present day, I'm still writing in these diaries. Um, and I wanted to put down in here the whole journey of creating the album, everything we went through, everything that was going on behind the scenes, everything that was happening kind of out in public as well. There's some good times in here. There are some low points. There's some doubts, some frustrations, some great tips on living life that I've learned from this. Um, there really is everything in this diary. And over the coming weeks, we're going to continue to unpack everything that is in here. No stone will be left unturned. Um, and midway, actually midway through writing one of these diaries, I decided that not only did I want to write it for myself, but I also wanted to turn it into a podcast to take you guys behind the scenes, peel back the curtain, whatever you want to call it. Um, I wanted to show you everything that we went through and give you an idea into uh, what actually goes into making an album. And I think that's been a really valuable experience for me. Um, also, you guys seem to be loving it as well, kind of the, the personality side of things, getting to know me a little better, but also the mechanics of, of making an album and everything that goes into it. So I'm super stoked that you guys are loving it. I'm loving doing it. Uh, for today's episode, we are actually going to be talking about the science of songwriting. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite songs, my most favorite songs on the album, Baby Boy, and actually how a last minute verse rewrite helped me finish a song that I've been working on for well, about a year. So we have got all that and more, and it's all coming up right after this. I can be your hand to hold. Baby boy, you know I never knew love until you entered the world. I used to dream of this moment, but I ain't dreaming no more. You give me hope for the future, I want to see what's in store. It's a beautiful world, we got Okay, beautiful people, I've got the diary right here, so let's get into today's episode. Uh, that song that you just heard in the intro was 
you may have guessed, Baby Boy, taken from the human experience. It's the very first song that you hear on there, such a special song that we'll be getting into a little later, but the very first entry that we are going to be looking into is Tuesday, the 2nd of February, 2021. To Fall Asleep and Wake Up With You has only been out for two days, but it's already been getting a lot of love. I was speaking to a few people and they were so hyped on the new song. And to be honest, having people to talk about that stuff with is amazing in itself. Yeah, so if, if you've been here from the beginning, you may have heard me say this a few times, but the way we started was literally a fan club of one. And that's why I named my Instagram handle at the Casey Sana fan club, because when I started this, literally no one knew who I was. Obviously, the mask helps with that, um, but I didn't have any music out. None of my friends and family could obviously come and be my first few hundred followers. So it was kind of funny to me that I was literally a, a cheerleader, a fan club of one. But it also helps me remember that, you know, from going from a fan club of one to where we are now is so amazing. And, and the fact that people are reaching out to ask, when's new music coming? Oh, I love the new song. Or they're coming in to, to check up on me and I can check up on them. That's such a, a beautiful thing. And it also makes me really excited for the future because if we can grow from one to where we are now, there's no reason that we can't continue to build this community of, of people who want to spread a little more love. The song has been added to quite a few playlists and had some online coverage too, so we'll see how that continues over the next few weeks. On the recording side of things, we've been pumping it out too. Finally got the Valentine's Sofa session recorded. Parentheses, the IEM was still problematic, but we won't talk about that. And today I recorded Malibu and re-recorded the first verse of Alleluia. It was a day of firsts too, as I don't think I've ever rewritten slash recorded a verse once it gets to the recording phase. Plus, when I was recording Malibu, I started by tracking the first verse rather than chronologically. Yeah, so I find it it makes the most sense to kind of go through and record the song as the song goes. Um, but Malibu actually starts with the chorus. So I skipped that, went to the verses. I think on this day, kind of my voice was feeling a little, maybe it was a little early in the morning or I just wasn't quite warmed up enough. But um, the chorus of Malibu goes from chest voice to head voice and there's kind of a switch. So again, going through that passaggio as we, we've spoken in detail and had great demonstrations uh, about in previous episodes, when talking about Miss Terry. Um, it's similar in this song, but it kind of flips into head voice. So, beautiful faces. And it that was probably one of the better ones. I, I'd keep that. Um, <laughs> but you can hear it kind of goes up a little. So, I decided to opt with the verses first and then come back and do that once I was a little bit more uh, warmed up. Beautiful faces Such pretty places The sun sets red The water's cold Too bad I'm in Malibu Beautiful faces Such pretty places The sun sets red The water's cold Too bad I'm in Malibu 
I did find myself getting frustrated at points because I kept having to re-record things because of silly mistakes. But on the whole, it was a good session and it reminded me of how much I love that song. So it was worth the extra takes. Yeah, silly mistakes I've had in recording sessions and to be honest, probably most of them were in this session. Um, things like when you're when you're comping vocals, so cutting cutting down the the blank space leading up to a line or leading up to a verse and the tail end after, just chopping it too close and maybe cutting off the start of the word and then you can't get the file back and then you've got to delete it and, and start over again or not saving things, the dreaded computer crash. Um, you better hope that the program has like auto-saved a decent chunk of what you've just done or you'll have to redo it again, um, not pronouncing the ends of words properly either, just silly, lazy things like that that probably sound pretty minor, but in the final version, you can definitely hear when it's done and when it's not kind of the due diligence, sorry, butchered that, um, the due diligence hasn't been done. So it's the little things that make the big things, as they say. Um, but then I decided to carry on instead of breaking for lunch because I didn't want to eat then have to wait to start up again. Yeah, I don't know if it's kind of just a small group of people that this happens to, but for me, um, my voice sounds so different even day to day, which, you know, as a, as a musician where you're trying to convey a certain feeling or, you know, you just need that consistency or being able to maneuver your voice a little better. Um, it's a hard thing to deal with, but I, even after, again, prime example, you know, eating lunch, I'll, my pre-recorded stuff from the session, I'll go back to it, record some new stuff, and I feel like my voice is just in a completely different place. You know, whether that's the tone or the pitch just sounds a little different. Um, it's it's really weird. Um, and maybe it is a... a more widely done thing. It's just a lot of people don't record their voice every day. Um, the only other musician that I've ever heard like talk about it properly is Nina Simone in the What Happened Miss Simone documentary. And she said, you know, one day I'm singing and my voice is like gravel and it's got that grit to it. And then another day I'll be singing the same song and it's smooth like butter. And I can definitely, definitely relate to that. So um, yeah, I, I'm not sure, like I say, who it happens to, how often it happens and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just something that you've got to keep in mind at a musician. Um, you know, little things like when am I going to take lunch because of that? But I've also gotten better at getting comfortable with it and spreading, spreading the vocals out over a, a few days. I think that's, that's been a big lesson for me with this, uh, this project. So, carrying the Malibu momentum, I re-recorded the first verse, which I rewrote on my walk this morning. I think I'm talking about Alleluia here. Uh, honestly, I'm so glad that I rewrote it, as it's now a hundred times better and more emotional than my original idea too. Yeah, there was something, you know, I was listening to the playback and the chords, the lyrics, the delivery that I was being able to to deliver, um, it, it kind of stirred up something and, and got me pretty emotional, to be honest. So let's take a little listen to that first verse right now. And I'll kind of break down the lines, um, or some of the special lines to me, uh, as we go. Mm -hmm. 
When I say us, I mean humanity, the human race, people. I don't believe in a man or, or one person. I think we all have responsibility, and when we put our power together, amazing things happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm of that mindset, you know, that unity is, is a lot better than kind of divided attentions and loads of small groups. You know, we are stronger and better together. For me, it's... And I'm not bashing these things. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, for me, it's not about girl power or guy power or black power or white power. The, the thing that moves the needle and the thing that I've seen change the world is when people from different places, different cultures, different backgrounds, different life experiences, when they come together for one united cause, whatever that may be, that's what moves the needle. That's what changes the world. That's what I've seen. And I think it's it's great. And it's it's really awesome when, you know, somebody who has a certain life experience from a certain background and a certain culture comes across to somebody else with a different culture and a different set of life circumstances and life experiences that they've had. Because you know, you've, you've got two very different views that, that could come together and create something absolutely beautiful. And, and that's why I really believe in that unity and the fact that we all need to come together, not, like I say, these different little segregated groups that never talk or never interact with one another. I don't see that as a kind of a, a productive or beautiful world to be in. We're from a tree of one, just different branches and stems. So with these lines, uh, in a religious sense, Christianity was born out of Judaism, just like Buddhism grew out of Hinduism. Islam shares some similarities with Christianity, and all religions teach love at the heart. So for me, I, I do see it like a tree, and to give you that image, the core, the, the trunk and the roots of the tree is love. That's what we'll call it. But then depending on your upbringing or your life experience or what you choose to believe or not believe, they branch out into different sections away from each other. So you could be on a Christianity branch, you could be on a Islam branch, you could be on a Rasta branch, a Judaism branch, a Hinduism branch, you could be on an agnostic or atheist branch. But they're still part of the same tree. And though they have slightly different details and slightly different leaves on the tree, they all come back to that core, that heart, that the roots and the trunk, that center of the tree, which is love. And that's what I feel like we need to focus on when we talk about religion or spirituality. It's just the fact that we want to be the most loving. That is at our core, um, whether you are atheist, agnostic or religious. I believe that that should be the heart. And sometimes we get caught up in the minor details and the, the little engravings on the tree or the little leaves that it may look different. But I think love is the, the main thing to focus on. And then continuing, um, in a human sense, black, white, man, woman, whatever. We're all humans and we have that commonality. And that's what I wrote the human experience for to show that whilst we have a unique experience on this earth, there are certain things we all go through as human beings, as people. And that is, you know, that is truly what I wanted to get across with the project. 
we touch these feelings and, and to varying degrees. I'm not going to dispute that. You know, some people spend years in Malibu in that depression and some people spend an afternoon in it and, and they're, you know, they just touch it. The same with to fall asleep and wake up with you. The same with love. Some people have decades of love and some people go through lives and they have it weeks or, or months at a time. It's That's where the difference and the uniqueness comes in. Okay, moving on to Wednesday, the 3rd of February, 2021. How to write a song. I was listening to a snippet of a Michael Jackson interview today and the interviewer asked, how do you write a song? And it got me thinking back to an entry I did in here a little while back. Now, this entry I'm about to kind of reference and, and go into, um, it should line up with episode four of the podcast. So if you like what you're about to hear, then I would say go check out that episode as well, because there's going to be some more gems for you. Um, if it doesn't line up with it, I'm sorry. Um, please don't murder me. Just maybe drop me a comment or, or a DM if you do find the right episode. But um, let's carry on with this entry. I feel like when people, including me in the past, ask this question, what they're really asking is, how do I write songs? We all want the answer. Everyone wants the formula. The five-step guide to writing a hit. <laughs> that would make a... I feel like that belongs on a course. You know, like you get those YouTube ads where drop shippers are trying to sell you, you know, make six figures in 2.7 seconds. I feel like, you know, if the music doesn't work out, maybe you'll see good old Casey on a YouTube pre-roll ad trying to flog you the five-step guide to writing a hit. But what I've found out over the past few years is that there is no formula. Oh, well, that would be a pretty boring and short course then. But there is no formula, no magic process that guarantees results. Yeah, we've spoken about this at length in previous episodes, not just episode four, hopefully, um, but a lot of episodes, actually. It's a, a recurring theme about how do you write songs and the ambiguity, butchered that as well, the ambiguity of it all. Um, and I think for people who maybe don't write music or don't necessarily understand the question or why it would be so hard to answer, I would answer your question with another question. Um, and that is, how do you dream? Because that is a super hard question to answer. And you're probably stumped as to, number one, how the hell that relates to what we're talking about. But bear with me on that one. Um, but also, you're probably stumped on how to answer it. Because, yes, you can go to sleep. Yes, you can maybe eat or drink things that supposedly promote dreaming or help you dream. But... You could go to sleep that night and wake up not having dreamt, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. Now, how that relates to songwriting is you can make time to songwrite. You can spend six hours at the table, you know, trying to write a song or at the piano, but there's no guarantee that at the end of it, you'll have a song. And sometimes you go to sleep, you dream. Sometimes you go to sleep and you don't dream. But if you sleep regularly enough, so if you sleep every night, which you should be doing, um, all my insomniacs out there, what's up? Um, sorry. <laughs> okay, back on topic after whatever that just was. Um, the point is that if you go to sleep and you make that commitment to go to sleep every single night, 
it's only a matter of time before a dream comes. It has to come at some point, and you can't necessarily time when that is, but you know it'll happen at some point. And that relates exactly the same in songwriting. You know, all you can do is keep showing up, keep doing the work, and at some point you're going to write a song, and it's going to be a good song or a better song that you've written before. And then you just keep writing better songs than you've written before and you keep getting better and then you get more consistent um, and then you have more opportunities to write songs and write better songs. When I sit down to write a song, all I'm really doing is sitting down for the opportunity to write a song. I can follow my process and do everything in my power to create an environment where I'm open to inspiration. And after the writing session is done, I may have one song or one line written. In this case, time invested doesn't always equal output, which sucks sometimes. Now, I figured since we're talking about processes, songwriting, how to write songs, all that good stuff, that I would take you through my process that I go through when I come to write songs. Um, this could be helpful to you or a friend or at the very least could be interesting to kind of again, go behind the scenes and see how it's done for real. So my process is super simple. When I'm making my to-do list for the next day, I literally just clear my schedule and say, tomorrow I'm going to songwrite. And that is literally it. I'll, like I say, I, I clear most of my day because I don't like having those time constraints around songwriting. You don't know when inspiration is going to strike. So if you're having a good flow, the last thing you want to do is say, oh, my two hours is up. You don't want to cut yourself off. Um, and equally, on the other hand, if it's not going so well, the last thing you need is looking up at the clock and going, oh, I've only got 30 minutes to go. And then looking back up at it and seeing it's got 20 minutes. And now you're thinking, what happened to the last 10 minutes of my schedule? And you're not thinking about, would this line sound good? Or how do these chords go together? You're focusing on the wrong thing. So I'll clear most of the day. And unless it's a song that I've already started an, or an idea that I have, I don't know what genre it's going to be. I don't know what the topic's going to be about, what I want to say. I don't know any of that. I just know that I'm going to write a song. And that is it for my process. Um, I find that once I finish, so if I wrap up about 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and go about my day, maybe I go on a run or a walk just to decompress, more lines will come to me. I've kind of jump-started the motor. Um, as we saw in previous episodes with morning writing sessions, more lines come to me throughout the day. And, and if it's for the song that I'm working on, then I'll voice note it on my phone. I'll, I'll voice note the melody or the lyrics or the idea that I've had. And if it's for a different song, I have a long, long list of just random lyrics that could be used for other songs and random song ideas that I eventually want to get to and, and write for. Inexact and ambiguous are words I'd use to describe the science of songwriting, along with subconscious too. Sometimes I feel as though I've blacked out in writing or recording sessions, and I just wake up with this finished thing that didn't exist beforehand. I can't quite explain it, but I'm not sure it needs explaining. You just feel it. Now, for those of you that have been paying attention in the previous lessons, sorry, I mean podcasts, um, you will know that we talked about briefly the flow state and how kind of 
you get into this focus where time melts away, you don't know what's going on around you, you've just got the blinkers on, and you are completely engrossed and dedicated and focused to the work that you're doing. And uh, this sounds like a, a good case of that. You know, songwriting is one of those things where you can get so lost in how long you've been doing it or when you started or whether the sun's up or down outside. You're just so focused on on the work and, and it doesn't feel like work at that point either, which is a, a great feeling when you when you get into it. But now we're going to get into Friday the 5th of February. We're moving on um, and we start off, the saga continues. I'm still trying to get the instrumental for Baby Boy purchased. I sent one last Hail Mary DM to him today, so hopefully he'll respond and I can get the last beat for the human experience finalized. Now I've got a note just underneath and this is really, really crazy. I found this beat... September 22nd, 2020. And now it's the 5th of February, 2021 in this diary. So in that time of trying to get this beat finalized, I've written and recorded most of the album. That's just a crazy thought that, number one, that's a lot of persistence that that I've shown, which I'm kind of proud of myself for, kind of not proud of some parts. Um, but yeah, I'm happy I kept chasing because, you know, it could have... It could have panned out, but at the end of the day, it didn't. And I'm kind of glad that it didn't because it gave me the opportunity to do it better, to work with somebody that I love working with and get a killer song at the end of it. One that I'm very, very happy with and super proud of as well. It's crazy how long it's taken to get it finished, but I decided to go ahead and spend the day recording the vocals because one... I'm hoping it'll manifest that this really is the right beat for the song, and so the producer will respond. And two, I'm hoping to release Baby Boy as the final single before the album release, so it's better to be prepared for when it does come off. That's a good positive outlook. You know, it didn't come off, but once again, you know, I found an alternative, and it didn't feel like a compromise. It felt like a, a step up. And recording those vocals really did help, because when I came to try and convey how I wanted the song to sound, what I wanted it to feel like, it was a lot easier to do that because I had a rough guide vocal to to go from and to, uh, to work with. It was probably the most enjoyable recording session I've had in this process, and I was really getting into my vocal delivery and thinking back to how I felt when I was writing the song. Baby Boy is a a really, really special one to me. I know you guys know that, and I'm sure you can hear it when you listen to the song, how much My Baby Boy means to me. You know, give you a little bit of backstory. This song is written for, and it's about my baby boy um, that I love so much, and I'm so happy he's in the world, happy and healthy, always smiling, it seems like, and the song really is a special one to me. Brown hair, blue eyes The most perfect thing I've seen in my whole life Small hands, big smile They say life is a gift, if it is I would give you 
lyrics are definitely the biggest part of a song for me. Um, I know everyone's different, but for me, lyrics are what make me come back to a song time and time again. The instrumental definitely complements that, like that creates the vibe, as people say. And same with the melody, you know, they complement the lyrics. But any song that I've listened to for a long period of time, I'm listening to because the lyrics are so great. They speak to what I'm going through or what I was going through at the time, how I was feeling and the stories that they tell. So lyrics in the music I listen to, but also the music I create are the most important part. And taking you through that chorus, you know, brown hair, blue eyes, the most perfect thing I've seen in my whole life. Holding my baby boy in my arms for the first time and just seeing, looking down and seeing the purity that a child, a person can have and the way they come into this world so pure, so so faultless and the most perfect thing. You know, the, the line speaks for itself, literal, literal perfection. And that's a, that's a beautiful experience to have and a beautiful thing to see. And then small hands, big smile, that is a simple line. But when I listen to it, when I hear it, when I look at my baby boy, I think of that line and it's just, it makes me smile. It's such a warm line and so simply done as well. doesn't need to be, you know, math equations and Pythagoras theorem to get a good line. Sometimes it's it's just, I know this sounds cheesy, cringe alert. But it, it just has to come from the heart and what you're feeling and thinking at the time, which then leads us on to the last line, which, you know, they say life is a gift and life is a gift. Life is very precious. But if it is, I would give you mine. And I don't know about you. I, I know I hear a lot of songs that say stuff like, you know, I would die for you. I would cry for you. I would lie for you. I would survive for you. I would thrive for you. I would whatever, a bunch of, bunch of, you know what, um, <laughs> and there's very few people that I would actually give my life for, because that's a very serious thing, you know, life is a gift, and life is so precious, but to have something or someone else that you value more than your life is such a powerful feeling, and it's such a powerful thing to experience, having that emotion that if the if the time came and the situation arose, you would give your life for this tiny human being that you've just met literally just now. It's just that instant connection and, and that's a beautiful thing. And even talking about it now, I get, yeah, flustered, mumble my words and get a little bit emotional. Um, actually, that reminds me of when I was recording a demo version of this song. I'm pretty sure there's a clip that I have somewhere. If I do, you know where it's going. It's going Patreon. Um, <laughs> I'll try and dig the clip out because I either cry while I'm recording it or I am very, very close to tears. So I'll put that one up if I can find it on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Casey Sana. Um, but that is, that's Baby Boy summed up. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful song to me and I'm, I'm really, really grateful and glad that it's connected with so many of you out there as well and it can be applicable to your baby boys or maybe your baby boys have all grown up now. You know, it's 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 that birth of new life and, and the beauty that that brings and the emotion that evidently it brings too. 
Now I've just finished making the diary for the Kissing Boys in the Rain lyric video and have an overhead shot tripod thing coming tomorrow, so I imagine I'll get the lyric video shot this weekend. Wow, the Kissing Boys in the Rain lyric video, that was quite a while ago, and it feels like it as well. Um, to, to explain the lyric video, it is still up on YouTube, so if you want to go check it out, definitely go check it out, I'll leave it somewhere in the description, links, whatever, but um, the idea behind it is, obviously the diary is a very personal and intimate thing, um, but I wanted to open that up, because I felt like that reflected the song really well, you know, having this secret, which shouldn't be a secret, it shouldn't have to be, um, but having this secret that you like kissing boys in the rain, and opening up this diary, and proclaiming it and saying, yeah, I, I do I do like kissing boys in the rain. Having that was quite a powerful but subtle way of doing it as well. So I got a diary like you see right here if you're on the YouTube version. Um, and I, I mustered up my best artistry, my best artistic flair and drew the lyrics um, kind of representing the story that I was telling. And um, it came out really great. The only thing that I wish I did, I wish I'd put a different color grade on it. I'm going to be, you know, that's another lesson to learn. It didn't come out awfully, but I would like the chance to, to go back and kind of fix that up a little bit. But I think that's just how we are as people. We can always see the ways to improve. Uh, but slowly and surely, things seem to be tying up. And I feel like that... That is a good episode. That is a good place to tie it up. Um, I hope that you really enjoyed today's episode. As always, again, thank you for taking a little time out of your day to come and hang out with us and come and listen to me go off on tangents and ramble and occasionally say something of moderate value. Um, thank you for being patient as always as well. And thank you for the love whether you reach out to us on Instagram or you comment below these videos, I really do appreciate every single one of you. From a fan club of one to where we are now, it's been beautiful to see. And as I said at the top of the episode, it makes me super, super excited for the future. Um, if you want to see, you know, bonus content, if you would like exclusive content and behind the scenes and if you want to help us bring you better music, better videos and more of them, then please head on over, go check out our Patreon community. It's patreon.com forward slash Casey Sana. You can really help us out and, like I say, help us bring you more content. It's a, it's a beautiful cycle and, um, yeah, it helps me help you. So feel free to go do that. Make sure you're podcasting it up. If you have come away and you've finished this episode feeling like, I like that video, you know what to do. Make sure you like the video so we know have your say. Do not be silent. Don't be the guy at the back of the party. Be up front. Make your voice heard. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review just to let us know how we're doing and even better, how we can how we can make this podcast even better for your viewing experience or your audio experience. Definitely let us know. And my do not forget for this episode is that loyalty is a hard trait to come by. And so I just want to thank all of you that have decided to rock with me and follow us and be a part of this journey 
to helping spread a little more love in this world. I really do appreciate every single one of you. And I hope that when we get to where we're going, you're still going to be there with us, looking out on it all, thinking, isn't it fucking beautiful? So I love you guys, and I will see you in the next episode. Peace.